Hi, I'm Mike Phil. Yeah, I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Generic Ad. Join us every Wednesday as we talk about films that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the film, maybe don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. You never know, you might find your own forgotten gem. Forgotten Cinema is available wherever you get your podcasts or at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or ForgottenEntertainment.com as we are a proud part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. I swear I talk more in the episodes. Hello and welcome to Recent Activity, your new favorite entertainment review podcast that attempts to cover every film, every show, all at once. I am your co-host, Andrew Morgan. With me, as always, are the co-writers of the upcoming action blockbuster, Marcel the Shell with a Vengeance. It's Shane Beauregard. Hello, I'm just glad to be among the uh, land of the living, folks. Uh, I know, rough couple weeks for us all here at Recent Activity. Glad to turn the page to 2023. And Chris Frodell. I also like to turn pages in books, but I do this <laughs> podcast. Yes, this is an anti-Kindle podcast, apparently, that we're starting in 2023. Good to have you guys with us. Happy New Year to you both, obviously. Happy New Year. You too. We had a, an excellent year, I thought, in 2022, uh, starting up this podcast, 36 episodes in the eight months we've been here, uh, and they were all bangers. Uh, no notes whatsoever. Uh, congrats <laughs> to us, and thanks to you all for listening, of course, for keeping this train moving along. Um, but, of course, what would the first episode of 2023 be without going back to 2022 and looking at the movies that came out? Uh, over the past year, what we liked, and uh, it's going to be a love fest. I didn't put any categories in here of like most disappointing or or shitty, but uh, Shane, I mean, like, how would you? We've kind of said this a few times over over the course of the podcast uh, in the last you know eight months here, but how would you kind of now that it's over? How are you categorizing twenty twenty two? Because to me, we we we've been saying all along when. TV was at its height. It was like, ah, TV's kicking film's ass. TV's kicking film's ass. Do you still feel that way now that we've gotten through the end, that last quarter? I still do, unfortunately. I believe TV had the stronger year. But I will say, I feel like the movie year started decently, got stronger as the season went on. But unfortunately, December was a fucking dud when it came to the movie theaters. And yeah. we, we discussed it before. We have traditions where we go to the movies on Christmas, and there was just nothing to see in December. And for the most part, November. So I thought it fizzled out. But overall, I'll say it was a pretty strong year, but overall TV ruled the year, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with most of that. I mean, there was just, for from Thanksgiving to the end of the year, there was so much out that it just felt like, you can catch one, but because there was so many or many that were like potentially disappointing that it didn't feel like this big explosion, um, which is probably a, not a good sign for the Oscars because that's kind of the Oscar period, right? Where a lot of these films all kind of hit you at once. But yeah, I thought I thought Thanksgiving was strong, though. I like with Glass on I saw Glass Onion, Fableman's, she said like all in like a week. It was, it was that's pretty, pretty solid. But you know, yeah, the rest of the year, especially if we were not looking forward to something like Avatar, we'll we'll, we'll talk about that probably <laughs> as it all comes through. But um, yeah, 
Not not as strong as you'd hope. Uh, Chris, what are your feelings yes. on 2022, buddy, as a whole? I think maybe because of this podcast, I feel overwhelmed with movies this year. Sure. Um, yeah, I feel Where that. before I would see, you know, one or two at my leisure. But, uh, you know, having a weekly podcast, it's like, okay, this came out, this came out, this came out. Do you want to see all of them? Do you want to see some of them? What do you want to see? Do you right. want to? And then uh, I felt like, wow, there is a lot that came out this year. So I'm new to this game, and uh, I will I will go with that. I will say I feel like there was more than enough. Yeah. I mean, especially when you're talking like, you know, seeing around 100, 150 movies, depending on which host you're talking to, I guess. Um, it's overwhelming. Like, And if you think, like, did I see 50 good movies – then like your ratios, you know, it's a coin flip. Like anytime you go to the movies, right? But it's it's interesting when you can I can kind of because I keep track so much with Letterbox that you can keep track of like a good year. You could tell, you could feel it. Like I remember twenty nineteen felt like amazing. You got uh, you know, it was the year of Parasite, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Irishman, like that year where I was just like I felt like the ten they had for best picture i was like excited about for most of them at least which is hard to do um and obviously we saw in the pandemic that got really hard to do and this year it also weirdly enough um usually this time of year we're like okay netflix has how many movies going to be up for best picture because usually it's either two or three or at least a third is like our strong contender but maybe it won't because nobody wants three netflix movies in the 10 i don't know if they're going to get one so it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. They might actually weirdly win more Oscars, but have less nominations. It's a very odd year for them. We'll get to talking about that and stuff as it goes along as well. But yeah, I feel like this year wasn't super strong, but I felt like the more I was playing catch up towards the end of the year, I felt like it definitely, I felt better about it. Let's put it that way. I think my, I keep my top 25 constantly going and updating on letterbox and i felt like i was switching a lot of stuff out banging out a lot of stuff that was like eh like i would have felt silly if it was still on my 25 so i feel good i feel good about at least those movies but when you consider i probably saw 130 something movies you're like if i'm still quibbling about my top 25 that's not <laughs> the greatest of years so but we're we're gonna go through we have tons of categories to go through some fun, some obviously the straight up normal ones you would get at any uh, film award show this time of year. But we'll try to do our best, have a little little bit of difference. I basically, <laughs> I don't know if you guys noticed when I kind of had some of the categories. I kind of went like, all right, this one is straight up Oscar, like award show this time of year category. And this one is mtv movie awards circa 1995 so it's like i'm a little i'm a little back and forth and then chris threw one in there that i think is fun and we're gonna lead with it um we're gonna talk about the grossest scenes of the year which actually chris you might have to help me a little bit because some of these i haven't seen the movie Um, okay so you might have to help me but i'll go through them the nominees are pearl for the rotting pig's head on the on the table there in Pearl's home. Bones and all, the tub scene. Now, you two, I think, have seen Bones and all, and I have not. So describe the tub scene for us, Chris, if you don't mind. 
Okay. Uh, so there is a gentleman who is attacking uh, uh, the girl, like Marin. Yes. It, he's attacking her, and uh, uh, in comes Timothy Chalamet, mm-hmm. and uh, the the two of these people uh, struggle and uh, brought to the uh, tub, mm-hmm. aforementioned tub, and uh, they're they're trying to uh, uh, stifle him. Uh, by putting a bag over his head and stabbing at him. Awesome. Uh, there is a uh, an incision made on this person, uh, and uh, Marin uh, digs her hands mm. into the body mm. and takes out uh, an organ and starts to chomp on it. So <laughs> that's the tub scene of Bones and All. Sweet. Strong nominee there. Uh, I think, <laughs> Shane, you agree on that one? That's a solid one? Yeah, that's a really solid one. When you see it go down, it's like, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, when you also said taking out the organ, I pictured him pulling out a full-length like, church organ and just like he was yes. about to like, <laughs> no, play that a was few it. tunes. That would have been even better. Also, <laughs> yeah, probably no, it was. Um <laughs> How did he fit that in there? I know. <laughs> Surprising. Um, next one is Barbarian. Uh, for the breastfeeding slash baby bottle scenes, mm-hmm. um, for anyone who's seen that, you'll never be able to erase that memory ever again. Um, nope. If you haven't, I don't want to spoil it, so I'm just going to leave it there. Um, Terrifier 2, <laughs> Chris, you wrote, really pick any scene. But if you <laughs> yeah. had to, anything pressed, like anything float to had the top to. of mind? There was a couple that stand out, but I will say uh, there's uh, a scene towards the end of the film where they're at this carnival Mm -hmm. and uh, this girl is just uh, mutilated. I'll say mutilated. And and it goes on for way too long. Um, Okay. And I'm just like, okay, you're done, buddy. You're done. Walk away. Well, they had Uh, to amp up over Terrifier and that that movie is already freaking gross up and down too so Mm -hmm. i'm imagining terrifier 2 just has all of the goods with that yeah um it definitely is a huge sleeper hit this year uh that we've talked about on the podcast um last two nominees men which we mentioned multiple times rory kinnear giving birth to more rory kinnears um that's that's a strong candidate i don't want to like tip my hand yet um and then the last one i was very proud of myself for this one uh hustle for adam sandler (laughs) rubbing queen latifah's feet i haven't been able to shake it all year so i had to put this in here because i just just the image that is not I know I'm already not one of those guys who like obsessed with feet i'm not sitting there on the internet trying to find celebrity you know feet shots i'm not rex ryan uh, Shane will appreciate watch that. It. Or, watch it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it still didn't do anything for me and just grossed me the hell out. So that <laughs> is also a strong candidate in my eyes. Uh, who do you got, Shane? What's your pick for grossest scene of the year? Uh, for me, it came down to either uh, Bones and All. Uh, Men was disturbing. For But for me, what really, I was in the theater and I started the gag just looking at it was the bottle scene from Barbarian. I get, okay. Because of the close-up they had on the hair, and I can't imagine it getting this stuck in my goddamn throat. Uh, and yeah. I, I wouldn't be able to do it. I couldn't do it. That one just invoked my gag reflex, so that put it over the top for me. It is uh, Barbarian, the baby bottle scene for me. 
All right. Uh, Chris, what do you got, buddy? I'll tell you, uh, uh, it's between that and uh, Terror Fryer 2 for me. But um, uh, I, I will say I was wincing in my seat for the baby bottle. <laughs> so so I will say uh, I will second the uh, the barbarian. I, I, I have to give it to Rory Kinnear. I can't get that scene out of my head. And just for the fact that it kept going and going and going just amplified the it was gross like a out screen for saver. Me. Yeah. Ooh, good idea. <laughs> oh god, no, no, no. <laughs> or I take that back. That at least has to be a, a gif on the on the internet, right? Like it just has to be somewhere where it just keeps going. Oh, if yeah. I if I find I it, you guys are getting that every day now for not oh, picking god. the scene. But wow. yeah, for me, it's uh, Rory Kinnear and men just constantly producing more men Ugh. it's uh disturbing i guess anything to do with like breaking the bond of <laughs> birth and and taking care of infants that aren't infants is really the theme <laughs> uh for the grossest scene this year and i'm all for that and dovetailing nicely uh we're gonna go right into best horror film of the year um because we've talked about this a lot again on the podcast too Impressive year for horror. I mean, the five here are are solid, solid movies. And I probably, if I had to be pressed to put more on, I probably could have. But these ones are probably the standouts in most people's minds. So we'll run through the nominees. Smile, Barbarian, X, Scream 5, and Fresh. Now, the only reason, I didn't know whether you guys, either of you saw Pearl. So I didn't put Pearl on here. You did, Chris? Yeah. If I yep. had put it on there, like you didn't push for it, so I didn't put it no. on there, but it, would you swap that with one of these other ones, or is this a content five for you? This is a content five. Uh, really, uh, Pearl was earlier in the... No, later. It was, yeah, X it was, was later. Early See, entry, I'm yeah. so confused between Pearl and X. You might as well put them in the same position. Yeah, right. Yeah, just the Ty West block. Yeah. Yeah, but... Uh, overall, I think X was the stronger of the two. Yeah. So, yeah. Which most people say the opposite. Uh, the critical response, all the scores tend to lean Pearl. Um, but I don't know why. <laughs> I, I liked it. I think it's as strong as X. I just think X just hits that 70s horror vibe that I love so much. So I think it kind of yeah. amps it up for that. So of those five that we listed, Smile, Barbarian, X, Scream 5, and Fresh, Chris... What do you got, yes. buddy? What's what's your pick? You can't see it, but I'm smiling. <laughs> I'll say uh, f- smile is my vote. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, that is my vote, too. Uh, you know, it's, it's the ending of that movie I still can't get out of my brain. It is just mm-hmm. so effective. And all those, like, creepy smiles on anybody in that movie is so good. I feel like it got better as the movie went along. We've talked about it. But, yeah. Um, I, I know Shane has had the debate with us on mics before, so I don't believe he's picking Smile, but, you know, I, I'm sure you can agree that it's a, a solid pick if you did, but um, I think you're going someplace else. Yeah, it, I am, and this was the toughest category I had to choose from, because if you had asked yeah. me what, if you had asked me, like, what I had the most fun watching, it would be Fresh. Fresh was, like, fun for me, but mm. best horror film to me is Barbarian, a tale of two movies the twists, yeah. uh, Justin Long's performance in the second half, just it, that had everything from the B campiness, just everything. So it was really between that and Smile, but in the end, 
it's barbarian for me. Yeah, it's it's a close tandem. To me, it's just that I thought Smile ended better. That's all. Otherwise, like, yeah, Barbarian, when that first switch happens and what you think the movie is in the beginning and where they go from there is impressive. Um, so we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more as we get to a, another category later on. But, yeah, this is a, definitely a very good horror film year. And I've been kind of cataloging what's coming out in 2023. I wonder if we peaked in 2022. So we'll get there uh, as we talk about the horror season uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, next category, best villain. Um, this has got a nice mix of, you know, your horror, which we just talked about, and kind of like comic book films and other things that have like solid villains. Uh, the nominees are Christian Bale as Gore the God Butcher in Thor Love and Thunder, Paul Dano as the Riddler in The Batman, Art the Clown in Terrifier 2, Mia Goth as Pearl in X and Pearl. She plays three different iterations of Pearl uh, in two movies. That's pretty strong. And to note, Huerta as Neymar in Wakanda Forever. Chris, you're up, buddy. Best villain. What do you got? I'll tell you, uh, I was leaning towards Paul Dano, Mm -hmm. but I think he's done better. Mm-hmm. in other things uh like him in prisoners sure that was a good uh that was a good role but uh out of the choices surprisingly i'm going with mia goth okay yeah i mean how can you complain when she's playing like you said three different versions of the same yeah. person over and over so that's that's solid shane what do you got for best villain bud if uh if his character matched the tone of the movie it'd be christian bale hands down Hands down. Mm. Yeah. But yeah. that being said, I'm going Paul Dano as the Riddler in the Batman. To yeah. me, that was a nice performance by him. It was a little different for me. I know Chris mentioned prisoners, but man, I mean, he just he, he encapsulated that role. It was a darker version of the Riddler that we've ever seen. So yeah. and it matched the tone of the Batman. So I'm going Paul Dano as the Riddler. Yeah, that's a it's a solid choice. I actually rewatched the Batman on HBO Max uh, over my convalescence. <laughs> we were out uh, last week. Um, I totally agree that he matches. I feel bad for him though because the conversation after that movie came out was about the end credit scene and that villain to come versus Paul Dano, where like people just kind of forgot that Paul Dano was pretty damn good and pretty damn terrifying at times in this movie, which. If anyone who's ever seen Paul Dano, you go, that guy was terrifying. He was terrifying. So I thought it matched really well in this kind of David Fincher freak out Batman that we got um, from Matt Reeves. And yeah, even though as much as I I echo your statement there, Shane, I did actually agree with Chris here. I picked Mia (gasps) Goth. I think it's mostly just, uh, you know. It's it's quality and quantity. So you got to kind of like pump her up. She had an excellent year. So I'm going to go with Mia Goth as Pearl in X and Pearl. But solid solid villain year because especially the, the horror season was so good. Um, let's talk a little breakthroughs here. Uh, people who maybe, you know, before the year started didn't really have a big career to speak of or maybe was just lying in the weeds doing small stuff or whatever and just kind of came out gangbusters in 2022 
Let's start with Breakthrough Director. Um, we have Zach Krager for Barbarian, John Patton Ford for Emily the Criminal, BJ Novak for Vengeance, Carrie Williams for Emergency, and James Morosini, who also stars in the film I Love My Dad. Um, Shane, we'll start with you on this one, buddy. I, I'm pretty sure I know where you're going, uh, considering your previous answers, but who you got for breakthrough director? Here's what it came down to for me. And this is going to surprise you. It's a little curveball. I'm going John Patton Ford for Emily, the criminal. Wow. Uh, I watched that this was a late, late entry for you. Yeah. yeah. I watched this late in the year. It's a great performance by Aubrey Plaza. But what I liked about this movie had a good pacing to it. It was tight knit. It was an hour and 45 minutes. It was thrilling. It had the drama. I just, I loved it. I loved that film. I wanted to go with Barbarian, Zach Krager, but John Patton blew me away with Emily the Criminal. That whole movie was just so tight-knit, and I would recommend that. So for me, I want to see more of what he has down the pipe. Yeah, it's definitely my kind of movie. I was very intrigued by the the plot line on this one. Just It's very modern and very plausible, and she's very good in it. Um, you know, we can all... We can all relate to like, oh, I have mounting student debt that needs to be paid, but I also kind of am a dirtbag, so let's do it in the worst way possible. Um, so I'm, I'm with that. Uh, a very impressive performance on there. Um, and also speaks to, again, Sundance this year was awesome because there's a lot of movies we're going to talk about uh, throughout that we probably have already brought up. Emily the Criminal and Emergency, two of the five here premiering at Sundance. Um, and a lot more that we've probably already talked about. Just an amazing year um, th- for that, too. So um, the, <laughs> I felt 2022 peaked pretty early. So uh, it's <laughs> tough to kind of look back and see our top fives that we did as one of our first early episodes. And then seeing it'll be interesting how much that hasn't shifted or hasn't shifted at least that much since uh, since the year ended. Um, Chris, who do you got for Breakthrough Director, buddy? Uh I gotta say, you're like it, it was. This is a solid uh, category. Yeah. Um, but uh, I have to go with BJ Novak. I knew you were going uh, there. I knew you were I doing knew that. you're going yeah. there. Yep. <laughs> you sons of bitches. No, you didn't. I did. No. Uh, I gotta say, he's uh, he's come a long way from Ryan from the Office, and uh, you know, there was a while where he he couldn't shake that. He's mostly known for writing and performing. So when he jumped into the director's chair, I was. I was n- not a hundred percent that he was gonna knock it out of the park, but uh, he did really well with his his first big outing, and um, I, I like the balance that he had with uh, Vengeance, yeah. and uh, you know how uh, there are tonal shifts, but it's not abrupt, and it, it kind of eases into scene to scene. So I, I think he did uh, a really great job with that. Yeah, you know a movie's good when you have a podcasting uh, main plot or side plot, and I'm not annoyed at all, which is very good. <laughs> um, yeah. Shout-outs to uh, the uh, the first of the latest Halloween trilogy to uh, be terrible podcasting nightmares yes. that I don't want to bring up anymore. But a lot of people have tried to put the podcasting thing in, and unless you're like only murders in the building, you probably suck at it. So, yeah. Um, this one, yeah, very solid movie. Like this movie a lot. It's in my top 25 of the year. Um, so for, again, his first movie, that's a solid pick. To me, though, I am picking neither of those. Uh, <gasps> I am picking another movie that premiered 
uh, at Sundance. Carrie Williams Emergency. You guys watched this before me. And then yep. once I got around to it, I was like, I am an idiot for not getting this fast enough on Amazon Prime. And I thought people slept on it even as far as like Sundance was concerned because it didn't like win many awards or get like too much buzz talked out of it. But I enjoyed the hell out of this movie. I thought it was inventive. I thought it was unique and fun and subject matter worth exploring that other people kind of sort of did this year too and failed um, or wasn't as entertaining at least. So kudos to Kerry Williams uh, for turning his short film emergency into a feature um, both times premiering at Sundance. So see that movie. If you haven't already, it's on Amazon prime. Uh, check that out. Uh, one of my favorite films of the year. Uh, breakthrough performer. Now that we got through the breakthrough directors, a lot of these people, you know, you could be like, oh, well, I saw them in this before. This is breakthrough. All right, guys. We're talking about people who, you know, maybe saw them in like one or two other things, smaller roles, but then now have hit the big time where you know who these people are. Um, breakthrough performer nominees are Jenna Ortega, Mia Goth, Austin Butler, Stephanie Hizu, and Amber Mid-Thunder. If you guys don't know those names, you've been under a rock this year. But if you need a little help, Amber Mid-Thunder was in Prey. Uh, we talked a lot about her. Stephanie Hizu in Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Uh, Austin Butler playing Elvis. Mia Goth, we've already spoke her praises for X and Pearl. And then Jenna Ortega seems to be everywhere. Um, she was in X, Scream 5, Wednesday, The Fallout on hbo max am i missing anything i feel like i'm actually missing something no uh, we always say that uh studio 666 yeah. yep. yep yes so that's an amazing year so um i'll just put it out there this was where i was picking jenna ortega so um because she's just been everywhere and you know even though yes wednesday shouldn't quote count in terms of you know, what we're doing here in the film categories, but she's done enough film work this year where she is big time. I remember seeing her in the second babysitter movie on Netflix. And I was like, I like her. This movie sucks, but she is doing circles <laughs> around everybody else. She's going to break through soon. And then sure enough, a year later or whatever it was, um, just hit the ground running. So many projects all landing at once. She definitely burst onto the scene this year. Uh, Chris, what do you got for a breakthrough performer, buddy? Yeah, I mean, you said it. I mean, she's been in everything, everything. Jenna Ortega for the win. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to hard to hard to dismiss her, man. I mean, a lot of these other people definitely put their stamp on there, but she had a hell of a year. Shane, what do you got? Um, I don't care if she's been in everything. I like Jenna Ortega. <laughs> That's fine. But for me, this category was the hardest for me to choose from, and it came down between Austin Butler. And a mid, uh, Amber Mid Thunder, and in the end, I chose Amanda Mid Thunder because I am a huge fan of the, the Predator franchise. And Prey honestly came out of fucking nowhere for me and exceeded all my expectations and blew up Hulu for like a month. And it was her performance as the lead action heroiness or whatever you want to say in <laughs> this movie that drove it, and she was yeah. fantastic. But I, I wanted to give a shout out to Austin Butler because his portrayal of Elvis, because I've never seen Austin Butler ever before this, before Elvis. 
Yeah, and he's a small part in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Otherwise, I wouldn't even know who he was. He nailed that role. But for me, it has to go to Amanda Mid-Thunder. I want to see her in more movies, more action movies. She was just utterly fantastic in Prey. So that is my vote. Yeah, you can't go wrong in this category. It is really hard to pick. And Awesome Butler definitely deserves credit. Everybody up and down definitely stood out when it came to 2022. Now let's double it up. Double up your fun for best on-screen duo. Yes, if that sounds like MTV of 95, I totally did that because that used to be one of my favorite categories. Um, the nominees are Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson for Banshees of Inner Sheeran, Junior NTR and Ram Sharan for RRR, Adam Sandler and Juancho Hernan Gomez for Hustle, Cooper Rafe and Dakota Johnson for Cha-Cha Real Smooth, Robin, Robert Pattinson and Zoe Kravitz for The Batman, and Emma Thompson and Daryl McCormick for Good Luck to You, Leo Grand. I honestly have no idea who you guys are going to pick. I'm very excited <laughs> to hear. Uh, Shane, kick us off here, buddy. Who you got? Uh, this was the easiest of my choices. Fascinating. And it took me two seconds to pick this. It's Colin Farrell and Brennan Gleeson. I okay. mean, the two just stole. It, we're great in Bruges. And they just have some kind of just chemistry working together that they just play so well off each other. And they drove Banshees as a movie. So for me, it's 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 Colin Farrell and Brennan Gleason. Easy choice. Yeah, definitely a solid choice uh, on that one because, I mean, they are the movie, of course. And, and it makes for a lot of scenes, a lot of memorable scenes, including the ending and how it all transpires. So you can't go wrong and plus you know it's like a dark comedy it makes you feel good but it also it's like jesus christ where did this movie end up <laughs> so it's a good solid pick man chris what do you got for us bud i gotta say colin and brendan have my vote yeah <laughs> yeah because uh freaking honestly like does it count though because they aren't really a duo because one doesn't want to do anything with the other. <laughs> it's a fair point. It's a fair point. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I go with them because of everything that Shane said. Uh, you know, they they do have great chemistry together and uh, they are the driving force of the movie, whether they want to be on screen together or not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I definitely echo those sentiments. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. But I did go in a different direction, though. Oh, boy. <gasps> because I thought this pair I know where you're was going. electric when I saw it uh, in the last couple weeks. Junior yes. NTR and Ram Sharam for RRR is my pick. Because that movie is three hours of a giant, just crazy town thing. Yep. Where just for the dance sequences alone, even in a big time action movie, for the dance sequences alone for these two guys, the bromance is real, the dance moves are real, the action is real, except for the tiger. No, I'm kidding. I just did that to mess with Chris. Um, the early CGI that tiger was solid. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, this movie is just on top of you the whole time, and these guys, their performance, especially for. A movie no one had on their radar coming into the year. Two guys who we didn't really know coming into the year at all because of, you know, the the language barrier and the and the distance and that no crossover for them that I've seen and these guys killed it. By the end of the movie you're just like so happy for them that you just are just over the moon. So, these guys in RRR uh, I loved it. So, 
that's gonna that's gonna be my best on screen dude. Yeah, I, I can't fault you for yeah. that. I can't fault you nope. because it's one of those three hour movies we talk about. Like you said, I didn't mind it was three hours because right. no. it was so fast paced and I don't even like fucking songs in movies, but the dances I'm I'm watching this. <laughs> it was great. I so I I can't fault you with that choice, buddy. Yeah. Chris, have you you caught RR, right? Yeah. Uh actually uh I was recalling that we I had seen it prior to you coming over and us oh, that's uh, right. yeah. watching uh, Stranger Things. Right. So technically I had, what, five hours of uh, movie watching <laughs> right. in that one night. So yeah. Yeah. I have no complaints about length anymore. I was about to say, that's um, a solid double feature of RRR yeah. <laughs> and the season finale of uh, Stranger Things season four. So, yeah. Yeah. I would take that. But Oof. yeah. I, I I definitely like I said I think that's a and again this category I thought was extremely hard. If mm-hmm. anybody picked any of them, I wouldn't have poo pooed any of those picks. So good on you guys. Uh, shows how strong Banshees is, especially as we get into Oscar season. Um, yeah. Next category: best action film. Uh, your options are Top Gun, Maverick, RRR, Prey, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, and Wakanda Forever. I actually had a tough time getting a five, even though I felt like I felt like action was like really strong this year. And I was like, really? Is Wakanda forever the fan? Mm. Would you guys have yeah. swapped one? Do you have one in mind that you're just like, you idiot, why didn't you put this on there? Because I struggled to get that fifth one on. Shane, you're kind of the action expert. Yeah, no. I mean, I, the choice oh, I would have well, went with, um, you guys would never put on there. But uh, um, <laughs> yeah, let me guess, of, the gray man. Yes. Uh, yeah. It would have been on there. So, no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what kind of forever I, I can deal with what kind of forever yeah i i, I would say bullet train you think Maybe that's better than wakanda on? forever i would say there's more action in bullet train yeah than wakanda. I, I agree chris that's a good call buddy there are also a lot of just sitting and talking too i don't know but you're right that's, there are uh a lot of you know action scenes in there a lot of gunplay you know so yeah i'm with yeah, you other than that i i can't really uh i don't I don't see anything really that stands out other than that. No. Yeah. But like I'm not gonna say no, that doesn't belong. Right. Yeah. But clearly it's probably not gonna get picked. So let's get to the picks. Yeah. <laughs> uh Shane, I changed my vote. You're no. the action guy. Step up to the plate and do what oh, I think you're gonna do. Fucking no brainer. It's Top Gun Maverick, man. <laughs> this is the first yeah. movie there that just blew everyone away. Exceeded uh, for a sequel that came it came out thirty years after the original one. That just blew the original away and fucking all hell Tom Cruise, man. Like, as much as I loved RRR, which was a crazy film, like you just said, it's Top Gun Maverick, man. That's the first blockbuster. It's the best blockbuster of the year, hands down. It's, sorry, James Cameron. It's Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just recently rewatched this because it dropped on Paramount Plus over the holiday season. And, yeah, it still has all the vibes, man. It's still... Still hits even at home on my probably not that impressive setup. So it, it really kicks. It still does all what it's supposed to do. So definitely can't can't poo poo that one. And obviously we'll we'll talk about this as uh, this all progresses here as we're getting down to the home stretch of these awards. Chris, what'd you pick for best action film, bud? I, I hate to go against you guys, but uh, I'm gonna have to recall what we talked about. Just moments ago, RRR. Yeah. I mean, 
Hey, Chris, every moment I didn't, I didn't put my pick out there, so you're not going against. Oh, I thought I thought you were agreeing with uh, Top Gun. No, I, I'm agreeing that it's a very solid film. <laughs> oh, okay, all right, Whew. okay. So there is a chance. Um, yeah, I, I say RRR uh, only because like every scene was an action scene. Like yeah. even yeah. the downtime, there was action. Yeah. Um, you know when you have two guys, one on each other's shoulder. Uh, on a motorcycle. I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah. Can't get more action than that. It's true. Um, absolutely. You know, it's a solid pick, but I didn't pick that one either. <gasps> so I get went out. with, you know, kind of the avatar for us because we say it in the intro every single week. Got to at least put it somewhere. Everything, Same everywhere, everything. all at once. Um, mm. The only thing I yeah. would say if you want to fight me on this is that it's kind of no. fraud. Like, it's... There's a decent amount of action in it, but it's tough to say like that it matches up to the likes of, you know, the the in the cockpit experience of Top Gun or the, you know, fighting tigers experience of RRR or the Predator or, you know, Black Panther, things like that. It's tough to see it on that level. But if it's in there, I gotta say it's it for me, it's just, like so close between everything everywhere, RRR and Top Gun Maverick. They're like yeah. m- millimeters apart. Yeah, it's I can see so it. hard to pick. But I'm going to be, I guess, the contrarian, <laughs> even though we all pick three different uh, things. But yeah, everything, everywhere, all at once. You brought your knife to a hot dog fingers party, and uh, the hot right. dog fingers always win. Let's move on to best actress. Uh, the nominees are going to sound familiar because we've talked a lot about these films as we've gone through, including my last pick. You got Michelle Yeoh from Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Viola Davis from The Woman King, a movie we haven't talked about on the pod yet, right? Nope. Uh, Michelle Williams of The Fablemans. Emma Thompson from Good Luck to You, Leo Grand. And Jennifer Lawrence from Causeway, a movie Shane sang the praises of the last time we were on the mics. And I got to say, I I enjoyed it. I caught it on Apple TV Plus over the holiday. And yeah. Everything that everybody says is absolutely true. She's very good, kind of like a a breakout, you know, or whatever standout performance from her from uh, Jennifer Lawrence, who we haven't seen over the last couple of years, let alone from what she did the previous years. I think this is a a comeback of sorts for her to put herself back into that kind of award centric, can be in the center of a frame, carry a movie type of performance um, with Brian Tyree Henry matching her at every turn. Um, really good, uh, a solid movie there. Shane, what do you got, buddy? Uh, best actress pick from you. Yeah, I almost wanted to give to Emma Thompson just because she went topless in this film, which you don't see much <laughs> very more. It's very so important, yeah. Kudos to her. So if there was another award for that, she would get it. But as you mentioned, it's Jennifer Lawrence and Causeway. It's a okay. film It's a film that not a lot of people have seen. It's a very down-to-earth, nitty-gritty kind of performance by her. Just kind of stripped to the bare bones. I, I just loved it. I wanted to go Michelle Yao, but in the end, it's, it's Jennifer Lawrence and Causeway. And I just wish more people would go to Apple Plus and watch this movie, like you just said. Yeah, well, more people have to have Apple yeah, Plus for starters. Uh, not to mention their price hike that I will not let them get off the hook for after we sang their praises for how cheap and affordable it was. Um, <laughs> Chris, where do you where do you land with Best Actress? I'll tell you, uh, the struggle was between the Michelles. Uh, yeah. 
Michelle Williams uh, did a great job in the Fablemans. Uh, she did her best. Uh, uh, Mrs. Oh, Spielberg. God, the, she, she was uh, she was Dorothy and Nas. Oh, Judy uh, Garland. Judy Garland. She yeah. did her best, Judy Garland. But uh, I gotta say, uh, Michelle Yeoh uh, did it for me. Yeah, uh, I, I feel she was so well-rounded. She fit in every category that she portrayed in everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she did a great job, uh, not to say anything, uh, bad about the rest of the nominees, yeah. but she, she, uh, won amongst all of them. Yeah. I mean, it's going to sound weird for me picking it in uh, best action film. And it's one of my favorite films of the year, everything, everywhere, all at once, but I'm going to go in a different direction. Um, I'm going with Viola Davis Oh, for the woman. King. Okay. Uh, that movie, I, I mean, yes, I've seen a decent amount of people saying singing its praises. It needed more. This is what we want from movies. It's action. It's, you know, got a, a standout cast top to bottom. I couldn't believe, like, as, as the movie progressed, I was like, I like that person a lot. I like that person a lot. Like, the casting was so good. And I feel like, obviously, you know, Viola Davis is the ringleader here. She's at the center of everything. Everything goes through her. And for her, you know, I don't want to speak about, you know, age and anything. I say it for, for Tom Cruise jumping out of a plane or whatever it is. But, like, Viola Davis isn't obviously, like, old or anything by any measure. But for the amount of stuff she's doing in this movie and the shape she's in, and commanding a Oscar level performance in there as well. It's a lot to do and she kills it. Every time she has a movie, she seems to be right in the middle of the Oscar conversation and I hope uh I don't know if she's going to do it this year, but I hope that she does for this movie so more people will also watch this movie. Um cuz it's really good. It's a it's a really solid movie. Um we'll go over our best of the year and this was right up there for me another movie i saw way too late i should have been singing its praises when it was in the theaters uh back in i believe around september time but uh yeah caught it on vod and very happy i did so um viola davis is amazing uh lashana lynch is amazing in that movie too there's a lot of people i really like in that movie but she's the one avatar for that movie right now so good on her everybody watch the woman king now turning to Best Actor, uh, the nominees, uh, really strong crop, Tom Cruise for Top Gun Maverick, Austin Butler for Elvis, Colin Farrell for The Banshees of Inishirin, Gabriel LaBelle from The Fablemans, and Cooper Rafe from Cha-Cha Real Smooth. Uh, Chris, let's lead off with you, buddy. Who you got for Best Actor of 2022? All right. Uh, I'd like to throw you guys off and... Uh... My vote goes for Cooper Rafe. Ooh. I didn't see that coming. I appreciate it, buddy. You know I do. So, yeah, speak on it. What, uh, what uh, impressed what, you about Cooper Rafe? Well, uh, when we reviewed Cha-Cha Real Smooth, uh, I believe we all lamented how uh, charming yes. Cooper was. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and to be, what, a uh, triple, quadruple threat yeah. of uh, writer, director, actor, producer uh you know just all around entertainer yeah like I mean, 25 years old at best yeah yeah it's not fair it's I know. not fair i know but uh that's that's my choice now 
again, there's some strong performers. I will say Austin Butler was great as Elvis. Yeah. But yeah, Cooper uh, just ekes out the win. Yeah, you know how much I love this movie. It'll come up later on uh, as we get down to the last category, of course, because uh, I put it in for, for Best Picture for a reason. Um, but, yeah, I, I weirdly am going to say, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> but I had to go with Austin Butler on this one because Elvis is a movie that I thought was going to fail big time. And this is a movie that I'm glad I saw in a movie theater. It's big. It's a spectacle. It's, you know, emotional roller coaster. Is it like not, it's not that strong in the beginning. I thought it got like better as the movie went on um, to the point where I was just like, you know, a puddle in certain scenes, just feeling that performance. And again, for a guy who I barely knew or didn't know going into it, this is a, a, performance of a lifetime for any actor and him doing it this early on in his career is impressive um but yeah again like you could probably pick anybody in this category i feel bad for not picking tom cruise because he is kind of the the champion of 2022 Uh, if you had to pick like who won 2022 i'd probably say tom cruise but the austin butler performance is undeniable so that's my pick shane what do you got bud I'm going off-road here, and you can huh. give this guy a win in two categories. Best comeback performance of a career, but it's Brendan Fraser for The Whale. And I know you didn't have this on the list. <laughs> you son of a bitch. I know you didn't have it on the list, but I saw it late in the year, and it moved me. It made me angry. It made me sad. It was the performance of a lifetime uh, for a guy we haven't seen it in a while, and he is the only reason to watch The Whale, which is a solid movie, but it's a hard watch to get through. But yeah. gosh damn, did Brendan Fraser pour everything he had into this role, and it's it's worth the price of admission to watch him at his craft in this role as this individual. Again, it pours out every emotion you have in a two-hour film, and I mean... I said this, I think, last time we were on the mics. If he doesn't win Best Actor for the Oscars, there's something wrong with the category. I'm sorry. It, there just <laughs> is. There is. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely going to be stacked up uh, against a lot of the people we're mentioning here now. Definitely, I think Austin Butler would be there. I would say Colin Farrell's definitely going to be there. So, tough competition. I'd be shocked if Cruz got in the five. Um, I'd be super shocked if he won, if he did get in. But, you know, yeah. Uh, everybody's singing the praises of that, but he seems to be, he's losing a bunch of categories to Farrell as a lot of these critical bodies are kind of coming out over the last month. Um, but we'll see. He needs a win real big. Um, he's not there at the golden globes because he spoke out against the golden globes and it's kind of a payback situation. Um, so we'll see. Um, cause he said he wouldn't show up and all that. So he needs a win. He needs it at Critics' Choice or some other big landing spot before the Oscars, but I think he's definitely going to be nominated. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, Before we get to Best Picture, I wanted to throw this in because I did do an article for what's on Netflix.com where I did my top 10 uh, Netflix movies of 2022. Um, So I kind of wanted to just throw it out to you guys. I kind of sprung this on you guys last minute. If you had to pick... Because my pick, if you not to spoil my own article, um, but my pick was All Quiet on the Western Front. 
as my favorite of the year for for Netflix for 2022. Shane, what would you pick if you had to write this article? And yes, I am picking you because you're like, how dare you and was mad at me that I did this in the first place. So please enlighten us, buddy. Did I choose right or are you going in a different direction? Oh, no, no. This is where I'm giving this film kudos. I would go Glass Onion because that was that was a very fantastic film. But, you know, for a movie I've seen eight times so far this year, I'm going gray, man. Thank you for pairing up uh, Chris Evans <laughs> and Ryan Gosling, giving me the best one of the best action movies of the year. And uh, it's the only time I can sing that the the praises of the gray man on our podcast because everyone else poo poos that film and they could all screw themselves. So it's a gray, it's a gray man for me. Sorry, it's a gray man. All right, definitely. Uh, you put you know, other. You wow. put other. You put I other. Did. Yeah, you I did. did. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. Did I even say the nominees? So I put like uh, you did. All quiet, hustle, glass onion, Pinocchio. Or other, oh. so yes, you snuck in the gray man <laughs> on your other pick. You're true to yourself, man. I can't fault you for that. So that, that's it. That's how these things work out. Uh, Chris, oh, please uh, speak some reason on, on this podcast after that pick. What do you got, bud? Well, I, I gotta say, Shane convinced me. I, oh, you know, God I wasn't. No, 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 no. I uh, prior prior to this uh, the these choices, uh, I, I thought about it. Even even without seeing the other nominees, uh, I would have to go hustle only because, I mean, for someone like myself who's not really into sports, yeah, it it hit it it ticked all the boxes. You got the the every man. You have the struggle to uh, uh, get back on top. You have uh, you know uh, this just Cinderella story, and yeah. uh, it's it's inspiring. It was well done. We all know Sandler can act. You yeah. know he gets a bum rap for making crappy films, but come on, this is a guy that has made us laugh, cry, uh, you know, for different reasons. Um, <laughs> Crying when I saw but, him rub Queen Latifah's feet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, ridiculous six. Uh, but uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's really well done. And I, I think uh, even if you're not a sports fan, it, it definitely wins you over. Yeah, I I picked that movie as the the best they had uh, like around the halfway point this year, maybe a little later I did an article uh yeah. that was the best film for every year that Netflix has been a studio. And at that point in the year, I picked Hustle as the the representative for 2022. Um they had a a great end of the year, I thought Netflix in terms of their their film slate. Um, there were a couple of duds out there. I'm looking at you, Bardo, um, or, or Matilda, the musical. If I want that platform to fucking get so angry at that movie that I don't get the love. It has good ratings across the board. People love this damn movie. I fucking hated it. Fuck Matilda. Fucking strange wow. ass movie. She Even had Tim, Tim Minchin <laughs> did the music for it. I like him. I still hate it. There was nothing, uh, besides Lashana Lynch, who, keeps popping up but uh if if she if she wasn't in it and emma thompson uh didn't do a solid job i'd be like that movie has no redeeming value um so yeah so <laughs> i get to at least shit on one movie this year that's good in this in this episode um but yeah all quiet was the pick for me 
it's just such a haunting and brilliant film with amazing cinematography and again a lot of people you don't know and they just blew me away a great ensemble cast uh solid relationship building character building and everything else so all quiet was my pick go check out the article check out uh my full top 10 on what's on netflix.com but now we're here guys it's best picture time and even though i wrote down nominees i figure this is a good time for us to uh put out our own personal top tens of the year, maybe save the number ones for the pick uh, for the best picture of the year for you guys. Um, but Chris, you want to regale us, sir, with your top 10 sans number one? Okay. So just go straight down, right? Yeah. Just go 10 to two and then we'll, okay. we'll make the picks at the end. All right. Uh, so in number 10, I, I just have to preface this by saying this was a tough list for me to do because a lot of these films kind of like felt same level as others. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, my number one is my number one, but these can move at any point. For sure. I felt so the same way. So number 10 is Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Number nine is Smile. Solid. Yep. Uh, number eight is Nope. Interesting. Mm. That high yeah. for you? Uh, that low? <laughs> um, no, I mean, like we uh, we kind of seem mildly disappointed in Nope, so that's why I'm I'm surprised that it's in the top ten. Oh, okay, all right. Following that is Vengeance. Mm-hmm. At the number six spot is Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> Shane just wept. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, you know. Sorry. No, I know. These are my choices, not yours. I know. <laughs> um, number five is The Batman. Mm-hmm. Number four, The Fablemans. Okay. Wow. Okay. A Dark Horse. Uh, number three is Clerks 3. Oh, wow. Okay. Number two is Cha-Cha Real Smooth. Ooh, Wait, you said hold one, it. right? You said hold number one, right? Yeah, okay. we're not going to do the number yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll okay. do the reveal. So, yeah, solid list, man. Um, I'm... I'm looking at my own personal list and thinking, okay, then what does that narrow it down to? But I'll save those thoughts, of course. Shane, give us your uh, 10 through 2. Here's the correct list. Number t- <laughs> n- number 10, The Gray Man. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's not The Gray no. Man. Uh, n- number 10. You son of a bitch. Number 10 is Barbarian. Number 9 is nice. The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Okay. Number 8 is Cha-Cha Real Smooth. <gasps> Yeah, I'm sorry. I had to bump it out. I, I had to bump it out. Like you said, Chris. Dude, I'm just proud of you that that's tough. in the top ten. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Number seven is The Outfit. Number mm-hmm. six is Prey. Number five is The Menu. Number four is, is Banshees of, uh, you pronounce the last one. Yep. There mm-hmm. you go. Yep, yep there you go. Uh, number three is Top Gun. And number two is uh, The Batman. Interesting. So the two of you seem to be maybe in lockstep there. Um, my 10 through two. Um, God, 10 was so hard because um, we could throw out honorable mentions or whatever, I guess. But um, I feel sad or, you know, I feel bad that you guys didn't get to do that. So I'll I'll I'll, ref- I'll hold back. OK, but, um, number 10 uh, emergency. I sang the praises earlier for that. Number nine, Shane, the outfit. Number eight, The Banshees of Inishirin. 
I feel kind of weird that it's that it feels weird to say it's that low, but I think the top eight are pretty solid. Um, number seven is the Fablemans. Number six is All Quiet on the Western Front. Number five is RRR. Ooh. Number four is Top Gun Maverick. Number three is Everything Everywhere All at Once. Number two is the Batman. And I'll start oh. the proceedings, guys, by saying my number one is shock to no one who's listening to this podcast. Um, number one for me is still Cha Cha Real Smooth because that movie is okay. a charm offensive that made me cry and just made me feel emotions that I haven't felt in many movies outside of it. So that movie is so good. I'm sad that no one really sings its praises much outside of this podcast, but I right. will be the person who plants the flag for Cooper Rafe and that amazing cast. So, yeah, cha-cha real smooth. Best picture of the year for me. Shane, what do you got? Um, I This is why I didn't pick this in other categories because I was saving this for last, but it's it's everything everywhere all at once for me. It, yeah. the, ori- the originality, the action, just mm-hmm. the breakthrough performance, like you said, uh, and Michelle Yao. I mean, it just was it, it, nothing that I expected when I went to see it in the theater. And it just totally flabbergasted me on how original and good it was. And I kept flipping between that and the Batman. But in the end, it, it's everything everywhere all at once. Yeah, I will tell you, like, one of the things that makes my my heart smile uh, when I think about 2022 movies is not just hot dog fingers, of course, but like <laughs> also just K. Hugh Kwan. Like, if he doesn't win Best Supporting Actor, I will fucking riot. Like, that man who was off the radar, all the way off the radar, and to come in, you know, give us this emotional boost of a, of a guy that, you know, was a big time presence, you know, when you're a younger person of a people our age level, you know, between. Goonies and Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom, and you know, just a, a guy that you just root for. He seems he's so nice. He's so good in this movie, and yeah, he he. he if I had to put like between Tom Cruise winning twenty twenty two, but K. Hugh Kwan is is right there for me. Chris, what's your number one, buddy? My number one. I will only say this: I never thought rocks. With googly eyes would make me tear up. Yeah. Everything, everywhere, all at once. I mean, yeah, Shane said it. Originality, like I had no expectations about it. I saw a weird trailer for it. I said, I want to see that. I, I had the pleasure of seeing it on the big screen. And it was it was a roller coaster of emotions that I I never wanted the ride to end. Yeah. So, and that, that has not swayed at all throughout the year of all the stuff that we've seen. It always remains my number one. Yeah. No, I, I hear you, man. And like I said, I, I still put it at number three you know, on a given day. You could have talked to me and yeah, seen whether it could have been higher or whatever, but yeah, it's so good. Um, I, I you know what it suffers from? It suffers from being on Showtime. Yeah, <laughs> where I I'm not, yeah. can't have that re rewatch factor just yet. Where a lot of these other films are widely available on streaming, uh, and can I can rewatch them and enjoy them and get it, you know, hooked into my veins multiple times over the year. Oh, yeah. And this one, um, it left such an impact to to be that high still on my list. But um, yeah, it's a it's a very solid movie. 
And yeah, like I said, Kehu Kwan, he's my he's my spirit animal. This guy, I love him so much. Um, I'll I'll allow it. Uh, do you guys have any like God? It was so close to my top ten, like an honorable mention or two. Did you want to throw them out, Shane? For me, I have two, and because uh, I think I was the first one to see this, I don't mean to toot my own horn, but it was RRR. RRR was in my top ten for like the longest time <laughs> until yeah. until the end of the year, and then it's the whale. So for me, it's the whale and RRR just just missed out on my top ten. Yeah, well, that's encouraging to hear, especially about the whale because the the mo for it so far in award season is it's not getting the best critical reception as a whole film, but everybody like the consensus is that Frazier's performance is worthy. So, and that maybe uh, your girl Sadie Sink maybe didn't have it as much as maybe some of these others. And so there's like kind of a, a mixed review on that. So if you're saying it was that high for you, that's, that's a good recommendation. I'll have to get to that very soon. Um, Chris, what about you? You got a couple of uh, right outside your top 10. I, I, I'm I'm looking through the list and uh, I'm I'm like ah uh, I I don't I I I will say uh the menu mm-hmm. does deserve some kind of spot but I just didn't know where to put it right uh so good it actually came out uh was it today as we record on VOD oh did it I think yeah I think it's oh. on HBO yeah. oh okay so not VOD HBO yeah. <laughs> It's a good spot um, for it, considering that it's made by the guys who did Succession. So it's a good landing spot. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what, Dom? <laughs> yeah, uh, but I that I will say that that is probably uh, a solid uh, recommendation for you know maybe eking in there somewhere. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I had a I had some tough choices at ten. I easily could have put the Woman King in after I sang its praises earlier for when I talked about it with Viola Davis, but yeah, yep. a spectacular cast, great ensemble. You, neither of you have seen this yet. I wanted to see the it in September. Came, no. Yeah. And I just kept missing it and kept missing it. And then it just got out of the theater. So it's on my really watch as soon as I can list now. Yeah. I've heard, uh, people beside yourself, uh, singing its praises that I will, uh, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, it's got a 3.8 on Letterboxd, and I hear very little people talking about it. It's a shame um, because it's just it's just so damn entertaining, and it's a really solid film. So check that out. And uh, Glass Onion was my 12. So, you know, again, uh, a year I, where uh, Netflix might have that movie sneak into it, the top 10 for Best Picture. Um, yeah. It'll be interesting to see where that goes, especially a movie that's, you know, the original was up for Best Picture and won, uh, I believe, no. Or maybe it was nominated for Best Original Screenplay. I forgot whether it won. Um, but definitely it was in the Oscar conversation on the first one, and I think this one is worthy of it. Um, you guys have both seen it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So so can I just ask, because I hate this conversation, and I hate to end on kind of a weird note. A lot of people's complaining online and I know online is not real life, but it's enough. I've seen it enough that it just bothers me. Did you think the movie was like either too easy or too obvious or too anything to where did anything bug you in that level about it, about the actual mystery itself? Uh, no, I'll speak up first. No, I didn't. It had me really guessing to like the third act. Then I kind of started kind of piecing it together. But no, it, it really I actually enjoyed it more than the first movie. And um mm. 
Agreed. And it was good to see Edward Norton back on screen. And it was between him and Daniel Craig, I thought was great back and forth. I didn't have any problems with the film. And I know outside of that, Andrew, a lot of people were complaining because they thought that Andrew, uh, um, yeah, Edward Norton character was like Elon Musk or whatever. I didn't even pick up that connection. Mm. You know, I I didn't didn't either. But no, I know the movie did not bother me at all. Enjoyed it more than the original movie. So I really love the film. Chris, what about you? Yeah, I uh, again, if comparing the two of them, uh, I liked it better than the first. Mm-hmm. I feel like the first one, uh, you're given who did it, and right. and, and you're questioning why, and yeah, yeah, and and you're going through, and you're yeah, you're piecing it backwards. Um, with this one, just like Shane said, I was guessing up until the third act, yeah, because um, I thought. Oh, it must be this person because of this. Right. And I was wrong. And then I was like, okay, who's my second guess? I was wrong. You right. know, it, it really did well with that. I was talking about it recently where I don't think Ryan Johnson is is thinking he's the next uh, Agatha Christie. Right. You know, uh, Benoit Blanc uh, is not Hecule Perot. Right. Um but he is good, and I, I thought it was funny uh, him getting to the island. He's like, "Oh, this is how it happened," and he's right. already solving yeah uh, stuff that he's not supposed to. Yeah. You know, I thought that was really well done. But you know, character. I, I'm I'm a, a fan of character. I'm care uh, a fan of writing. Mm-hmm. So I think it was well written. Uh, the dialogue flowed, and these characters, none of which are you know, really you're rooting for. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe uh Janelle Monet's uh character. But overall everyone's just like not the greatest. So yeah. you're like, okay, I don't care what happens to these people. Yeah. But if Janelle Monet is considered best supporting, I would absolutely throw her in the ring. I thought mm-hmm. she carried that movie um for for stretches of that movie. Also, yeah. just a shout out I love Kate Hudson in this movie, and she—I oh, yeah. haven't enjoyed her in something for fifteen years, maybe. And I like her quite a bit um, outside <coughs> of sm- like some smaller roles, but I thought she was great in this. But the reason why I brought it up just before—I know you got something to on your mind there, Shane—but like the song "Glass Onion" by the Beatles is basically a song that John Lennon wrote because he was so mad that people were like getting into these songs and trying to interpret them different ways from what he wrote and everything else. And just, he was so annoyed that he makes this song where he's like, Oh, by the way, the walrus was Paul and this and that, like he just basically just rips apart his fans a little bit to be like, stop reading into everything. And to make a movie that basically is just like, you didn't need to read into this. This is just what happened. And, but still do a good enough job structurally to keep you guessing that long. But to also echo Benoit Blanc at the end, just being like, oh, God, this is so stupid and obvious. Like, it's yeah. perfect. It's perfect. And I, for people who complained about that, I didn't get it. I really felt bad for people who maybe didn't get the full experience on that. But I thought that was very clever. It's it's right there with the first one. I maybe like this one better. I want to rewatch it again. But it's, it's a yeah. solid movie. And... I'm glad that Netflix has got the rights for the third and we can keep doing this 
Shane, go I, ahead. Oh, yeah. I, no, I echo your uh, your comments about Kay Hudson, but for me, I'm going to put this out there. I know he hasn't he doesn't have like a big back catalog of movies, but uh, I'm going to say it. Batiste is the best wrestler turn actor working in the industry right now. Sorry, Rock, but it's, it's Batista. I'm sorry. He's great. In every movie I've seen him in, he is – your eyes turn to him, and he's very watchable. And to me, he could do a little more serious stuff than The Rock can. The Rock is just The Rock at this point. But for me – John Cena has entered the chat, my friend. Sorry. <laughs> Peacemaker is so good. I know, but stop yeah. doing firefighting movies for kids. Like, stop. <laughs> Just, oh my god, that was so yeah, bad! Stop. It's for me. It's Batista. I don't even know what you're talking about. What movie? Oh god, what what is that? Fireproof or whatever yeah, the hell? What with, is it? with Key from Key and Peele and John Leguizamo? It's it's a terrible. Oh terrible, god. Oh, it's <laughs> it's, it's terrible. Like, it's it's for dumb kids. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I, I <laughs> that's it. It's like kids that the head trauma kids. But, but it's Batista has so bad. such an on screen presence for me. Uh, well, Drax gets him a lot of leverage. Too, it do, so. it does, but man, like Hotel well, he was in Blade Runner yeah, twenty forty nine, Hotel Artemis, mm-hmm. this movie, and he has a new M Night Shyamalan movie coming out next month. Like yeah. for me, for me, he's really springing forward in his career, which I did not see coming based off of Drax. So I just want to throw that in there. Best wrestler turn actor, it's Batista. It's not the Rock people. Come at me. Yeah, and he's it's turned not down. He's turned down some roles too because he wants to be more front and center and kind of follow the rock path and he's betting on himself and to be honest though i like him in an ensemble i mean guardians and this is a fine example of him just kind of carving that niche and maybe being like just he looks like a stereotype so play with it at him at his best so i agree and knock at the cabin he definitely looks intense um so i'm i'm all for that movie right now although m night keeps with me over the years so we'll we'll see chris what are yeah. you saying no uh i i said uh what hogan doesn't count he he doesn't get a <laughs> no whole bar was a long time, time ago yes yeah, <laughs> so suburban commando doesn't count bud yeah god your lips forever i guess <laughs> yes yeah no uh yeah i i would say i agree with what you said about batista that he he he's more solid with his dramatic stuff but i mean uh yeah the rock can't do drama like that but he uh he does comedy so well he does he but yeah it's tough it is tough he doesn't have uh as many films i miss the rock when he was trying to be more interesting early on like Mm -hmm. the be cool period yeah i feel like that's kind of where batista is or was just a little before this where he's like, I could be funny. I could do whatever. Yeah. He, he, he could do, he can do funny. He could, I mean, you know, Drax isn't the serious character. Um, no, you know, he has uh great moments in, uh, in all his, uh, appearances where uh, he was the, uh, the bodyguard. Oh, with the, the little God, girl. Yeah. With the little girl. Oh, wait. Yeah. My spot. He was funny in that. Yeah. No, my, my spot. spot. Yeah, That's yeah, right. yeah. 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 I didn't want to confuse it with uh, uh, what's her face's spy film, uh, Melissa McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy. Okay. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. right, right, yeah, yeah. But the uh, I was also thinking of was he was in a movie with what uh, Kumail Nanjiani that didn't work. Stuber, too, right? Stuber, Stuber. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh man, I forgot about that. <laughs> so he did hit a, a rough patch, but he seems to be yeah. he seems to have uh, steered into the curve or whatever. Just. 
climbing himself out of the mud, I guess. he For a while there, between Guardians movies, he wasn't so good. Between that and whatever you think of Army of the Dead, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah. But Jeez. All right, huh. so we're not ending on a down note. I tried. <laughs> I tried to pick us back up with Glass Onion, and then we're like, hey, you know who we can shit on for a while? Um, Rock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so- Excellent job, guys. I'm proud of our work in 2022. I'm glad we were able to bring a little positivity, a lot of fun categories in here, a lot of good movies to celebrate. Uh, Looking forward to 2023. I'm sure in the coming weeks we will probably do a most anticipated because we like doing those uh, episodes where we can see what we're looking forward to in 2023. Uh, And I don't know. I guess maybe we try to do Megan and maybe talk some horror next week. We'll see how that all plays out. If not, tons of things to talk to, uh, talk to, <laughs> tons of things to talk about uh, as we start a fresh new year of 2023 films. So thank you guys for listening. Congratulations to, to us for doing such a great job. Pat ourselves Woo-hoo. on the back and uh, like and subscribe and do the whole thing if you haven't already and come back next week for more recent activity. <laughs>